0: Super Bowl 57, Kansas City Chiefs champions once again, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. What lessons can we apply to the San Francisco 49ers as they try to get back there in the 2023 season? And the 49ers lose another assistant, this time Bobby Slowick going to the Houston Texans as offensive coordinator. All that and more coming up on this live edition of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BB Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Better Help. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. I hope you took the over, Croc. Um, By the way, of our fans on FanDuel, I think that was my advice is to take the over in this football game. I didn't think you'd go that far over. Croc, 38-35, the final here. Harrison Butker field goal after missing one earlier on in the game, kicking the game winner. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes getting another ring there, Travis Kelsey getting another ring, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs victorious. Is there anything, Croc, that you took away from this game where you thought, you know, this is something the 49ers can utilize to go win a championship because there's something the 49ers can do that these teams were doing to get there that the Kansas City Chiefs are doing to win these Super Bowls.
1: Yeah, Patrick probably. Is
0: not available. Uh, I'll, I'll put that out there. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that Patrick Mahomes is not available. Uh, <laughs> the Flingers can develop their own. So that that's one thing you cannot take away.
1: Uh, that's what I was gonna say, man. Or maybe with uh, Jalen Hurts, man. How how special he was. I, I thought he played extremely well. Uh, we heard the comments from Robbie Gold saying make him play quarterback, and I thought in this game. Whatever style of quarterback that they wanted him to play, I thought he did it at a very high level. And all the
0: quarterbacking. He did all the types that you can do. He threw some dimes, threw some down the field balls that were really nice. That one to Goddard that was reviewed that turned out to be a catch. I mean, that was beautiful throw. A great. Nice layer throw. The one to Quez Watkins, he wasn't able to get. I thought it was a beautiful ball as well um he he had the fumble which was huge that's seven points the other way to the you know you you can't have that and that wasn't he was untouched just trying to tuck the ball away um and then there was a play i think it might have been even the first pass right after that too he threw a ball that could have been picked off and it was actually the two uh it was the two chiefs defenders that kind of knocked it away from each other and aj brown was in the vicinity that that was a bad ball
1: downfield right
0: yeah trying to go downfield Uh,
1: if you look at the The touchdown throw to A.J. Brown Mm is very clear. He just trusts him. So he's just going to throw the ball in the area of A.J. and see, hey, is he going to come down with it? He's going to make a play. So he gave him that opportunity early in the game and came back to it uh, on the drive that you're speaking about. But I definitely want to give a big shout-out to the Philadelphia Eagles and the the development aspect of Jalen Hurts and what they kind of went through to get to this point to where he's playing quarterback the way that he is. There's a lot that's going into it. This wasn't a guy who was just the purest of passers. And I think a lot of people even felt like it was kind of a reach, uh, even him going in the second round. Like, oh, man, that's high, you know, even though they had Carson Wentz mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, it wasn't always pretty. I thought they brought him along well. And I think they, they, they did a really good job of putting an offense around him that's tough to defend because it is c- consistently, I feel like, on every play – 11 on 11. It's it's tough. The RPOs uh, that they utilize between him being able to throw the ball on it, hand the ball off, or him keep it in the way that they utilize the design runs is really, uh, I think, a beauty. So uh, shout out to them. Uh, you know, they lost. And I'm happy about that. I had a little money on the uh, on on the Chiefs' money line. But I, I did enjoy watching Jalen Hurts and how he competed.
0: Absolutely. Uh, he, he played a really good game. The, the, he's so good at the quarterback sneak. It's not even a sneak anymore. Like run it on, run it on third and five. You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah. it's such a good play. He can't be stopped on it. He's getting multiple yards. It's not just like a fourth and inches thing. He's uh, that's it's 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 a weapon. It's kind of wild how good they are at that and how good Hurts is at the. Quarterback.
1: I've never seen that before. I mean, it, it's a, uh, and you know it's coming, and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. He's getting three yards a pop.
0: It's unbelievable. It's pretty unbelievable. Uh, LKV in the chat says McDuffie got spun around that play. I was worried for his life and health. Did you see the play? It was an incomplete pass over the middle of the field. uh, And as the play was happening, you couldn't tell if it was incomplete or what was going on. And Jason Kelsey came by and just annihilated McDuffie while he was on his knees. And it was clean. It was like not after the play, even though the play was kind of ending uh and it was I mean it might have screen past a running back. I'm not sure what, what exactly the play even was, but McDuffie was there on the play. It ended up being incomplete, and he just like took a a shot just being around the ball. He's on his knees, he got hit with Kelsey's shoulder full speed coming at him the other way and uh i am surprised he got back up that was yeah uh, that was
1: well I, pretty- I think he's talking about the the touchdown play where he was he was oh. out there. And he, it was almost like he just lost the ball in the air. On, so he kind on of Devonte,
0: like. On Devontae? No, late? no
1: on, on AJ Brown's touchdown.
0: On the AJ Brown touchdown, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. McDuffie kind of looked and he kind of slowed up. And then by the time he kind of tracked it, like, oh, there it is. He tried to speed up. It was too late. It was too late. But, uh
0: yeah. Um Interesting how the game ended with all the trash talk that's happened this week. Devo Samuel, I'm sure you saw the quote that he said, James Bradbury, the Eagles corner was trash.
1: Yeah.
0: And Bradbury had the, the key penalty at the end of the game. I, to be honest with you, I didn't love the penalty call. I, I think it was a little, a little ticky tack in that time of the game. Um, you know, uh, as, as was pointed out in the chat here, the inconsistencies with officiating in the NFL and um, you know, Crabtree didn't get that luxury late in the game on more obvious plays, right? Um, although things are different now than they they were then. So you can't go back 10 years and, and look at things because things just changed so much in the NFL and, and how they're trying to officiate things. Um, Crock, you being a former DB, probably you didn't love that call. Even though it was like textbook to the rule, you could see where he kind of did grab a little bit of the jersey. But man, in live action watching it, I, I was a little bit surprised in that time of the game when they usually just... They just sew the flags to their pockets, man. They don't throw flags in those situations. That was huge. That was that was a game-ending call.
1: Yeah, I don't like it in that moment, right? Kind of let the guys play a, a little bit, but it was clear that he did kind of grab. Me. And even he said he said it was the right call.
0: Uh, Bradbury did after the game. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, Debo going in on Bradbury though. So <laughs> responding, yeah. to, responding to David Lombardi who said penalty on Bradbury after Debo's comments. And open wide, open mouth face emoji, and Debo's response was, "Believe me now," laughing emoji, zipped mouth emoji, which is, I mean, I guess you get final say now. You can zip your mouth, but Debo's talking a lot. A lot of Forty ers are talking. So, um, yeah, Bradbury's
1: mouth. good, man. I, I I hear Debo, and you know, you can have you know fun with it, and maybe he sees something else on film. But I know in mm-hmm. the games I've watched, really since him. Uh, playing for the New York Giants, I thought Bradbury was really good. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can go back to like his Panthers days. I mean, he was good. Like He's always been a good corner. And this year, I thought he even took it up another notch.
0: Well, so he got paid by the Giants from his Panthers days because he was such a good player. And then I thought it was a savvy pickup by the Eagles to uh, because the the Giants wanted to let him go and, and maybe thought he wasn't worth what he was making on his big money contract with them. But... I thought he played a great, I thought he was awesome for the uh, for the Eagles for the most part. Debo went on to say a few minutes ago, just before we went live, said I had no reason worrying about what we were saying in media, wanted to tweet about us, should have been focused on the game. So Debo <laughs> thinking maybe the, the Eagles were too focused on what the 49ers were saying rather than, than prepare for the game. So uh 49ers players that went in went in this week on on the uh, on the Eagles in that game, talking about how it could have been. Um, What do you think? Did Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense expose the Eagles defense?
1: No, I just think Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's a guy that threw for 5,200 yards this year, MVP again. And he didn't throw for a ton of yards, but he came through in the clutch when he needed it. And I I knew it was going to happen. Like second half, they were down 10. And I wish I would have put money on the money line on the Chiefs because it was like plus plus. 300 or something like that, uh, money line. Uh, like Those are good odds uh, when you have Patrick Mahomes back there at quarterback. So, uh, unfortunately, it's tough, man. When when you have somebody out there like that, you, you can't make mistakes. And clearly, the, the Eagles kind of, they weren't able to keep scoring with them. And, and that's the tough part about them. The, the Chiefs, I remember I tweeted this out, man, years ago. It, it must have been that first AFC championship game that they were going to when Mahomes was his first year starting. And I said, man, these guys are like, and I said it like middle of the year. I was like, man, these guys are like the Warriors. You know, it's just, there's no lead that's big enough. Like, they're, they, they're just hitting threes, hitting threes, hitting threes, right? And people are like, oh, you can't, the Warriors win championships. And I'm like, man, just their style of play, there's nothing that's too much for this team with this young kid, Mahomes, that quarterback. And I think right now, I think everybody feels
0: that. Curry is Curry a good comp? Kind of changing the game with the way he plays for Mahomes rather yeah. than rather than comparing home, Mahomes to Brady, who has such a different career arc. And you know, is is Mahomes the goat yet? Is this a dynasty yet?
1: Comparing bad to- bad ankle and all, he went in on the yeah. bad ankle and- <laughs>
0: yeah, I like that actually. I like that a lot. Um, all right. I keep seeing comments. I guess we got to address it. People keep want to talk about backup tight ends blocking Hassan Redick one-on-one. Um, but I, I think there is something we can take away from these teams and away from this game and how it applies to the 49ers. And it also ties in with the 49ers losing another assistant coach, not only D'Amico Ryans now, but the past game coordinator, Bobby Slowick, is now – joining D'Amico Ryans with the Houston Texans as their offensive coordinator. Let's get into that stuff a little bit more about the Super Bowl next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is sponsored by Better Help. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel a little overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can... Get you closer to the best version of you and, and you know, make you feel empowered. You're you're more prepared to take on life and everything that life throws at you. You're able to learn the skills to figure out your own problems and and coping skills. And it's really important to be able to do that. And I think for me, one of the most important things is just the check in every week. Make sure you're hitting the all the points in your life that you're trying to hit on a weekly basis. And better help online therapy can do so much for you in all of those. Regards. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, entirely online. You don't have to sit in traffic or try to hit some appointment driving from work to get an appointment and back to work and, and however you know that may work for you in your life. It's so much easier. You can just log on to your computer, do video chat. You can do all uh text meetings if you want to, if that's how you want to do things. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist. They've got questions to e- easily point you in the right direction for the right therapist. If you don't like the therapist you get uh, matched with, then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It is super easy. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot slash locked on. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We will be with you all off season long. Make sure you're checking out everything else the network has to offer. Locked On NFL Draft, uh, the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show daily right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Real quick, I just want to address this by saying I'm tired of talking about it. It's kind of an an annoying topic. It's a tired topic. But Tommy Harper says, let's talk about how Chiefs had a third-string tight end on Reddick. This shows the difference between Mahomes and Purdy's play style. Um, I, I think it's the biggest aspect of the protections for a veteran, best quarterback in the league in Mahomes, and a, and a rookie quarterback. Getting the ball out on time and saving yourself. If you're, if you're going to point to Kyle, it's not because of the scheme. It's not because on a certain play, a certain player might be blocking another certain player. It's knowing your personnel in a way that this quarterback might get killed because he might not get the ball out on time. Like you can trust your veteran quarterback to know, okay, in this, in this concept, you have to get the ball out early because you have a backup tight end blocking the best pass rusher. And Patrick Mahomes knows those things, gets the ball out on time on that play. Brock Purdy did not get the ball out on time. And as a coach, you've got to coach your quarterback up to get the ball out on time or know your quarterback and know that it's maybe not the right time and know that it's not worth the gamble to put your quarterback in that position. If you don't believe he's going to be able to get the ball out on time, because you could get completely destroyed by one of the best pass rushers in the league. So it doesn't absolve Kyle Shanahan of everything just because another coach called a play where there was a tight end blocking a pass rusher but it doesn't mean every injury is Kyle Shanahan's fault either. There's a gray area there.
1: One thing that I noticed consistently throughout this game that uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing was on his drops, even if – it, in, 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 look, I'm not in the huddle. I don't know exactly what the play calls are, but it looked and felt like he had a few that were supposed to be deep drops, and maybe he was anticipating the edge rusher trying to run that hoop, and he, and he stopped his drop from being too deep. And um, we saw that on he had hit a deep crosser over the middle. I think it was early in that game, matter of fact, on on the Chiefs' first drive. But as he dropped back, he did not, you know, do like a full seven-step drop or whatever. It was like, boom, let me stop here because I can feel Reddit coming across that, around that corner, and he was able to get the ball out. So, obviously, we watched uh, Purdy and how he got hurt. It was a very deep drop. Uh, maybe if he would have cut it just a half step short, you know, when it, got, it had gotten hurt. And, and again, that comes with more uh, NFL experience, right? And I saw someone say, well, Purdy did play four years of college. He did. He started four years. Uh, but maybe not against, you know, pass rushers like that. So now you live and you learn and you understand how to adjust and you see somebody else do it. And it's like, wow, okay, I see what Mahomes did there. Maybe I can learn from that.
0: Patrick Mahomes played one game in his rookie year. And Brock Purdy, as a rookie, stepped in and was tasked with getting your team to the Super Bowl. It was kind of crazy. It, it's amazing what Brock Purdy was able to do. So, I'm not going to say, I mean, you know, Brock Purdy could have thrown the ball earlier and he needed to throw the ball earlier because Ayuk was open and made his break. And there was plenty of time for Iuk or to for Purdy to get the ball out and get out of his hands. And he, he wouldn't have been hit while he was throwing the ball. I might have get, gotten hit still after he threw it. He threw it. Um, but. To to expect a rookie quarterback to be perfect on all of his timing and every concept that Kyle Shanahan throws out there, I mean, that's the tough part. That's just asking too much from your rookie quarterback. If you're a fan and you want to point to Purdy and say that he's not the guy because he didn't get the ball out quick enough on one play, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's it's just too much to ask of a guy. And if if you're going to point to Kyle on on a play like that, you're pointing at him because he's asking maybe too much of a rookie quarterback. There is something I would take away from this game as it pertains to the 49ers. And it also ties in with the 49ers losing another assistant coach. Bobby Slowick, who was the 49ers pass game coordinator this year, is now moving on with D'Amico Ryans to Houston to be the offensive coordinator there. And I would say the thing that really jumped out at me in this game is how well coached these two teams were on the offensive side of the ball. Andy Reid on one side, Shane Steichen, who we found out, Yesterday or today? Yesterday, I think we found out he's going to be the next head coach of the of the Indianapolis Colts. Right? Uh, th- this was a master class on offense. That was, th- th- it was, this was such a well coached game, and I thought the Eagles did a good job against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, what they do, they adjusted like they always do, and came back like crazy. Those um, those what are they called? Arrow return, or whatever. Where you go in motion, it's kind of fake motion, then you stop and you come back. Yeah, you scored twice on that. Once with Tony, and once with at the end of the game with um, Sky Moore. I mean, and they they killed him on those plays. And so, I mean, just a master class, I think, how both offenses performed, how both quarterbacks performed, and how both offenses were coordinated. And luckily for the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan is truly your offensive coordinator there, but they've lost so many assistants, uh, it could hurt. And then now you're losing your defensive play caller. So, I mean, all these teams are so well coached. Can they continue to just... Open up the tap and have these great assistant coaches flow out of the tap. Like, is Kyle Shanahan going to just continue to have this magic, or might they start to hit some hiccups losing all of these assistant coaches? That's one of the big takeaways I think I'd take from this game because both teams were so well coached.
1: I think the the biggest thing is just who's in the waiting, and I think with Kyle Shanahan, that's the thing that we don't know. But you know, would you? I probably assume that there's some young court uh, coaches on that staff that he's like, you know what, I I really like this guy, and we just don't know about him, right? Like I, I know that Matt Harper is on the 49ers staff as some kind of like special teams assistant or something like that. Well, he was a receiver coach for years in Philadelphia, right? So, And he's a young receiver. So uh, there are guys like that that have some experience and they're kind of just waiting for their turn uh you know with the 49ers so they are losing a lot of guys but I feel like he's done a really good job of developing coaches and if he's we know the attention to detail right we heard Debo Samuel say it. I'd assume that the, anybody that's working on the 49 ers staff you have to be just as detailed as he is so I bet that helps a lot
0: also joining the Texan staff is the son of Gary Kubiak Clint Kubiak as the run game coordinator for D'Amico Ryan's squad not to be confused with Clay Kubiak who's the assistant that's on the 49ers who I believe is assistant quarterbacks coach so I would say probably next man up on the offensive side to take some responsibilities from Bobby Slowick is a Brian Greasy who's quarterbacks coach and might start to have some other titles with his name and then the youngest Kubiak Clay Kubiak Clay with a K Clint with a K Kubiak easy to confuse those guys Clay on the 49ers staff is the youngest Kubiak. I'm pretty sure of the family and has a shorter resume than Clint. Clint is now the run game coordinator for the Texans. Clay assistant quarterback coach, I believe for the 49ers. So I'm wondering what kind of restructuring could happen there with the 49ers. Uh, I would assume those two guys would have an opportunity to, to move up with the 49ers staff and and do some of the stuff Slowick was doing. We'll see if there's any pass game run game coordinator stuff with the 49ers. Uh, I believe actually Chris Forster the offensive line coach is also run game coordinator currently for the 49ers. So, pass game coordinator is the one that's uh, that's up for grabs now. Once now that uh, Bobby Slowick has moved on. By the way, congratulations to Pro Football Focus Croc. I once a Pro Football focused analyst. Uh, there are now two coordinators in the NFL from Pro Football Focus. Bobby Slowick was a Pro Football Focus analyst before he jumped to the 49ers staff, and Zach Robinson. Former Oklahoma State quarterback, I believe, and had a brief NFL career. He was with PFF for a while, joined the Rams staff under Sean McVay, and I believe is past game coordinator for the Rams. So PFF, ex-PFF analyst doing well in the in the coaching ranks these days.
1: I think you're starting to see some of these guys get more opportunities, right? Like just based on not just PFF, but I, I've seen some media guys end up getting the coaching, uh, you know, because of some of the things that they're doing on social media or things behind the scenes like PFF. <laughs> Everybody hates PFF, but man, they 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 work really hard. And, yeah, uh, and, I, and I like I it as a source of reference.
0: And they do a good job of hiring people from the league to – cross-reference and cross-check what they're doing so there's actual people like those guys that have been around been through the league and then end up going back to the league and they probably take some of that analytical approach with them to their new jobs so i think it's pretty cool um zach robinson the drippiest college quarterback lkv in the chat says what do you Uh, think you're the drip doctor here Zach robinson drippiest college quarterback i would not have i would not have expected that
1: I gotta look that up right now. I'm I'm, I'm pulling it up. See what he looked like. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he got a little bit of he got a little swag to him. He does. Okay. For so uh, he was with uh, uh, Oklahoma State, right?
0: Yeah, Oklahoma State, I believe. Back yeah, in the mid 2000s, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. He got a nice little, nice little swag about him. Kind of looks like uh, was it Matt Corral a little bit? Matt Carroll, I think, has he 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 looks sweet on the field. Okay.
0: Uh, Strat Game says Brian Peacock, future NFL offensive coordinator. No chance. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I, I would uh, I, I would I would take the interview if I was offered a, a position on a on the front office scouting side. I, I might take that interview. But uh, as far as coaching, no, that is that is not yeah. my thing. Maybe Crocky though.
1: No, nah, I'm actually not an X's and O's guy either. So. Okay. I'm more like a tech technique person.
0: Technique technique coach. Technique plus uh plus swag coach.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Get them in the Just get everybody in the right helmet. Could you be the new boombox guy?
1: No, that thing is heavy. So <laughs> yeah.
0: you don't want to do that I'm, much physical labor.
1: Yeah, I'm cool. I wonder how much of that is just like, you know, wheeling through You know, it's just like, it's heavy, but you have to act like it's not. And you just got to be strong. Like, just be strong for those five minutes. Yeah. Uh, You know, just, yeah, yeah. You know, switch arms every once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) I had trouble carrying my damn uh, bag through the airport today. I'm like, hey, this bag's kind of heavy. My (laughs) (laughs) carry-on.
0: All right. Let's get into the chat here a little bit. Uh, What do you guys think about the Super Bowl? Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the Texans now having so many X-49ers. Will that open the floodgates to other 49ers and potentially X-49ers heading toward Houston next? Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and now the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and America's number one Sportsbook, At the midway point of the NBA season, the NFL season's over, right? But you can still bet every single day on NBA, Major League Baseball is going to get, you know, go, get going. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel. Now get going on this NBA season, in the second half, because as you know, the NBA season doesn't really start until post deadline and teams start to really get serious about their seasons heading towards the playoffs. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to 1000 dollars That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. I love how easy it is to use. I saw somebody today that put down a $4,000 bet, build their own parlay of any time touchdowns for Travis Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, and Kadarius Toney. And on that late Kadarius Toney touchdown they won themselves $84,000 on that parlay that they built themselves. And super easy to use. I love the website, especially building those parlays. Uh, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance for the biggest payout with those same-game parlays, which that one gentleman, I wish I knew the name of that gentleman, won big on. So uh, don't miss the chance. With your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to Fanduel.com slash locked on. That's Fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every bo- moment more with Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA and the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc, um, what do you think about The idea of now that the now that the Houston Texans are going to run the 49ers offense, I assume, or some version of it closely. Now that Bobby Slowick, former 49ers pass game coordinator, is the offensive coordinator. What do you think the odds are that a that a that a certain quarterback ends up over there, whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo, who has played with. D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick and the GM of the Houston Texans, who used to be in the front office of the New England Patriots when Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted there. What do you think the odds of someone like Jimmy Garoppolo being there? Or what do you think the odds that the Houston Texans come calling to the 49ers for Trey Lance? And what do you think it says about Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo? If they're either really, really interested in one of those guys or not interested at all in those guys i think i think it could tell us a little something
1: yeah i think well one reason why they probably won't be is because you know they do have a top pick you know they have the opportunity to go get a guy like bryce young on a rookie contract so uh maybe you know you look at uh i would probably look more at jimmy than trey because trey is going to be coming up on having to get paid soon right i mean we're a couple years from that but with Jimmy, at the very least, it's to a, a little contract. Maybe it's, you know, two years, a lot of it front loaded. You can let him go after a couple years. And you can also draft and develop a guy, whether it's mid-rounds or or early on. So uh, I, I, I'd I assume that they'd be more interested in Jimmy because you can kind of go away with it. And I, I want that leader, right? Like, he's been that leader. He knows what it takes. He You know, everybody gets behind him. I could see them really liking him. And some of the weapons that they have.
0: Implementing the offense too, right? I think that's important. I think that's why it'd be it would not be a shock at all if they brought in players from both sides of the ball from the 49ers to uh, to help. Because remember what the 49ers did? They had a pretty bad roster in 2017. They brought in a bunch of dudes. Some of them weren't really contributors to what a winning team was later for the 49ers. But when you look back, you realize, well, who are they really going to sign anyway? Nobody's going to come to a team that just was that right. bad. And these guys helped build a culture. They, they knew the players. They knew these guys were going to help build Garcon, a culture. Robinson. Help. Right, and um, like Malcolm Smith. And they, they knew the scheme. They could help teach everybody else the scheme, and they would build the right culture there. So I think that's pretty important. And, and knowing who a player is, knowing who a coach is, that's how Kyle Shanahan ran things, and, and I wouldn't be shocked if that's how D'Amico Ryans does things and takes away from uh, what he learned in San Francisco and, and implements that in Houston.
1: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And and coaches do that all the time. I see the, I guess, jokes, right, of the Texans or the Miami Dolphins. And it's like 49ers, uh, you know, South Beach or the Miami 49ers, you know, all all those things. But ultimately, every team does that. I remember, you know, even Rex Ryan when I was with the Jets. I mean, there were guys that he had from his Baltimore Ravens days. So, you know, coaches are always going to get do that, go get some guys that are familiar with what it is that they're doing so they can just kind of step in and play. And all right, you know, we can get things going right away as you build the roster to your liking.
0: What what do you think? What do you think a realistic offer the 49ers would get for Trey Lance is? And I'm not saying the 49ers should trade Trey Lance, I'm just saying teams are going to do their due diligence, they're going to look at the 49ers and say, Man, do they love Purdy? What about Trey Lance? They're going to have those conversations, right? And the 49ers are going to have to have the conversation too, because teams are going to call them and give them offers. What do you think that would would look like?
1: I I would offer like a fourth round pick.
0: Really? You'd even offer a second.
1: I would offer a fourth. Now, what the 49ers would want, you know, I, again, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Texans called, they would ask for number 12 probably not that they would get that but that's what they were that's where they would start especially knowing John Lynch. I uh, feel so, like they'd be super competitive about it. They would ask they would ask for the 12th pick. Um which I don't think is insane but a 4th would not even like the Niners would not even consider a 4th round pick. Right. They'd be like, yeah, no thank you. Don't call back.
1: The, the issue is the 49ers have to even get they got to get through this offseason. You know cuz you have Purdy, he's hurt though and you know obviously everybody just you know we assume, like oh man, he'll be ready. Six six uh six months or whatever the timetable is. Right. But what if there is a setback, right? With Trey Lance, I think we thought he'd be kind of getting ready at a certain point at the end of the year. Then it was like, Oh man, this thing is kinda of bothering me in my foot, so he had to get it removed. And next thing you know, it's like, Oh well, you know, I'll be ready for the off season. So, uh we just assume that everything is gonna work according to plan with Purdy and you know, of course, like this modern medicine is really good, all the surgeries and all that, but there is a chance that there is potentially a setback. And if there is a setback, you would rather have Trey Lance on your roster than not have him.
0: Right. and Then it would be something like, okay, you love, you know, you love Purdy and you think he's going to win the job. So you're willing to listen to offers for Lance. And that would be after Purdy has his surgery in 10 days or whatever it is on the 22nd. So you would know that the surgery went, went well, and it's still that, you still think it's that six month timeline where he'll be throwing to the three, four month and hearing how they talked about it too, both Purdy and whoever's agent was talking to the rap sheet. They're basically like, Hey, six month timeframe. He'll be back for training camp. And you're like, well, training camp starts before six months, but that means that they think that whatever he'll be doing throwing wise, he'll be able to kind of be involved enough. Even right. if he's like fully cleared to play preseason games, he'll be involved enough to where he can throw a little bit. I don't know if that's throwing at practice, throwing on the side, but throwing enough to be involved at the start of training camp is kind of the idea I'm getting that they think they'll be able to do, which is pretty important. Um, but if you think that what you've seen and Kyle Shanahan loves Purdy and thinks he's probably going to be the guy he would go with in a, you know, if, if both guys were were healthy and ready to go at the same time, um, it, it makes me think that there's still something possibly you could do with that. And then look, there's a there's a name's going to hit the free agent market pretty soon when he gets cut, Matt Ryan. You know, then, then that's the way you're going, right? You're going, fully. Yeah. okay, we're going Purdy. We're going to go make sure we have some guys now, whether it's Mullins, Matt Ryan, Nate Sudfeld. You're going to get a few of those. You're going to draft a guy as well, you know, but I could absolutely see a scenario where the 49ers trade Trey Lance and then go sign Matt Ryan. And then Matt Ryan's your stopgap to to Purdy, whether who, whichever guy plays or not. But that's, that's your replacement on the roster currently. Is, is a guy Did that. Did you watch
1: Matt Ryan this past season?
0: Looked washed.
1: Yes. It's looked open. really washed. He needs to retire. Right. It was really bad. Matter of fact, I was off. watching him against uh, the Broncos, and it felt like Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson were having a game of who could be the worst quarterback in this game. Like, who, who could just look the worst? Like, that was how bad it was.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was terrible. It was a terrible situation.
1: I I mean, he got benched.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for
1: for the the guy that was the Texas Longhorn quarterback. uh, What's his name?
0: uh, uh, Starts with an E.
1: Ellinger.
0: Ellinger, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: right. Uh, He got benched for Sam Ellinger.
0: But then they then they undid that. They undid that once, and and one they got they came back, but their coach got fired too. They did not have a lot of weapons to throw to you. It was just a bad situation with the Colts. I don't they know if they have.
1: They kind of got some weapons a little bit. I mean, you got Michael Pittman. Uh, Alec Pierce was a solid rookie at. Well, you know, he kind of disappeared a little bit late. But uh, then you got like Mo, Mo Ali Cox. You know, at tight end. Like, and then you have a really good running back with Taylor. I mean, they, Jonathan. The offense
0: line started good, but then got banged up and ended up being really bad. So that was kind of a problem. Um, but Matt Ryan looked washed. It's weird. Matt Ryan looked older than Tom Brady, and he's about eight years younger or something.
1: Like that. Yeah. Well, Tom Brady eats avocado ice cream, so <laughs> you can't.
0: <laughs> you have those good fats. I yeah. don't think Matt Ryan's been eating up with the good fats.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. He had a long run, though. I think was it was against Vegas Raiders. Dude, how about
0: Patrick Mahomes' run tonight in the second half? Oh, After, he was good. I thought it was like, are the Eagles going to do this again? I thought, I, I thought it was bad. It looked so bad in the first half when – Right before halftime, Patrick Holmes got hurt. He was like, oh, no, this is how it's going to happen again for the Eagles. Uh, he came back, man. I don't know what they shot him up with. He even scampered that time. I, I was like, get down. What are you doing, dude? Do not I get, I get tackled from behind again.
1: I I uh, I saw some people kind of questioning Jimmy's toughness because of that. Right, like you see Mahomes and he's just like, by any means necessary. I'm out here. They gonna have to cart me off this field. I'm playing, I don't care. And he's out there with a high ankle sprain and you know, it's like tape it up. I'm out there. And you see him just going through it and his foot got bent the wrong way in the game. He's like, I'm not coming out of this game, you know, and it's just and I saw some people say, Well, why why couldn't Jimmy do that? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe Jimmy didn't want to. He did that with his shoulder and finger though, so
0: he did it last year. I think that's, it a, been a, yeah, that's what
1: I'm saying with the shoulder. It would have been a tell.
0: situation where like, let's say it was Jimmy just, I, I don't know Jimmy personally, and I, I don't know the inner details of how hurt he actually was, but if he was on the fence and he was potentially like, man, maybe I could play, but I could hurt myself more. If Purdy would have gotten hurt during the week and Jimmy knew they needed him to start, would he have shot himself up with whatever he needed to and hobbled out there and played? Maybe, but I think it's a different ask when you're like, "Hey, will you just suit up to be the backup?" You're like, what? No. You think uh, so? I, I, I could see that. I could see there being a difference in in those two scenarios.
1: I just feel like competitor. It's like, like what, what, whatever, what you need me to do, coach? I'm out there. Whatever you need. And clearly, uh, you know, and not taking cool. shots at, at at Jimmy. I mean, again, he, he played with a messed up shoulder and thumb, and everybody knew it was bad. And so, that was kind of
0: one of the things I was getting at with if if the Texans just don't call Jimmy at all, you know, because remember the Edelman stuff from the, the, the Patriots days, like Nick Sir, or uh, not Sirianni, uh, Casario. Did d- Casario feel that same way about Jimmy? He's like, oh man, he could have suited up for us. And then D'Amico and Bobby Sloak showed up and was like, yeah, man, I think Jimmy could have played. Like, and they'd be like, oh, I don't want any part of that. You know, I'm not going to call him to be our stopgap quarterback, right? So I I think in some ways that would be pretty telling. Or if D'Amico, who's worked with him for six years and and Bobby Sloak, who's worked for him for with him for years on the offensive side of the ball, if the first call they make is let's get Jimmy in here to build this thing, I think that'd be pretty telling about how they feel about him in those regards with some of those reports about Kyle not being mad at Jimmy at the end.
1: I think trying to change the culture somewhere, I think you know, a guy like Jimmy would help. Because again, everyone loves him. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you, have, when you have somebody
1: like that, you know, that just everybody gets behind it. You know, yeah, that's a guy that I would I would bring in.
0: All right. It's officially the offseason for all 32 teams in the NFL. It's been the offseason for the 49ers for a couple of weeks now. We will get into every aspect of the offseason here every step of the way on Locked On 49ers. We're going to start digging deeper into position by position, evaluating the 49ers roster, taking a look at free agents, of course, NFL draft conversations as well to be had all offseason long. So make sure you stay right here. Make sure you're subscribed up on your favorite podcast apps on YouTube. Tell a friend about Locked On 49ers. Crock and I back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.